This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? Tuesday, December 7th, 2021. My guy, there's 24 days left in the year. Yeah, bro. Yep. Already. Um, how the heck are you, Jake? Good morning. It's day, day two of 4.30. Yeah, day two of 4.30. Seriously. Um, we got a lot to get to today. The Jazz are about to open up a three-game road trip, if you will. Because, I mean, they got so much time off between Cleveland and Minnesota. Um, but, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're about to open up this three-game trip. We need to talk a little NBA. Saw something out of Meyer and we, the greatest team in the history of the NBA last night. The Chicago Bears. That's oh, right. sorry. Obama. My bad. Uh, break. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about Del Taco. Del. Be honest. When's the last time you ate at Del Taco? It's been years. But you have eaten at Del Taco. Once. Okay. Once. Okay. Um, I actually don't remember the last time it I know I have, and I, it, <laughs> here's the worst part. You know the best thing at Del Taco? Fries. They're French fries. Yeah, dude. Are easily the best item that Del yeah. Taco they're, sells. They're not, they're not. Everyone's like, oh, well, it's Del Taco. It's a Mexican food place. No, it's not. No, actually. No, it's actually not. No. Uh-uh. Um, Del Taco or Taco Bell? Mm. Taco Bell. I mean, I haven't had enough Del Taco in my Ta- life to compare. It's Taco Bell. Okay, Taco Stop. Bell. Fine. See, and you call yourself a fat person. I mean, they anyway. don't even have Mexican pizzas anymore, so what good is it? Yeah, hugely disappointing. So we'll talk fast food because, by the way, by the yeah. way, by the way, Jack in the Box bought Del Taco. Bro, there's a Jack in the Box on Hawaii in Maui, and there's not one in Salt Lake City. How's yeah, holy, that even possible? By the way, did you see what's going on in Hawaii with the weather? Yeah, it's not good, dude. We get out just in time. Literally, the day after we left Maui, all hell broke loose. Like floods, torrential downpours. Like, I... I man, I feel terrible for the what's going on in Hawaii. Uh, but let's start the show talking about Kalani Sitake, Kalani Sitake, um, <laughs> the head coach of your BYU Cougars. Um, another big job, another request to interview Kalani Sitake, as the Oregon Ducks have asked for permission to talk to Sitake about their vacant head coaching position. Now that that idiot, Mario Cristobal, what an idiot, has decided to go back to Miami to coach the Hurricanes. Um, Jake, you know, this goes back to the old Gordon Hayward conversation that we seemingly always have. Yes. Why has BYU not gotten a deal done? We reported over a month ago now, and it's been about three and a half weeks, I guess I should say, so not over a month ago. Three and a half weeks ago, we reported that BYU and Kalani Sataki were engaged in talks to alter his contract not extend they wanted to alter his contract um so that he had more security for his assistance and that BYU could get him off the coaching carousel um and that the holdup was the buyout language um if Kalani Sataki decided he wanted to leave or BYU wanted him to leave and shockingly enough it sounds like based on what Tom Homo said yesterday Jake we nailed it yeah, I agree. We are completely. in conversations with Kalani at this point in time, and he's our coach. We want him for a long time, and good things are going to happen in the near future. Can't say it more succinctly than that. 
you know, they want him there. They they're trying to get it done. Like I, I think, I, I think the problem is is that there's a difference between trying to get it done and it actually being done. So yes. until it's actually done, we get to hear about well, Kalani's going to go to SC or Kalani's going to go to Oregon or Kalani's going to go here or there or otherwise. And in it, and I get that for BYU fans, this is probably a tired conversation, but I think that that Kalani is is coveted. I mean, Kalani has shown his value. He's shown his worth. He's proven himself time and time again. Uh, and and I just think that if you're BYU, you you cannot allow uh, you can't allow Kalani to 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 stay in this situation. It, it is not his fault that he's coveted. He's done a good job. So I just think if you're BYU, the sooner you get this done, the better. And frankly, every day that goes by, you know, and they're not done, should be concerning if you're a BYU fan. I mean, you have a lot in front of you. I mean, think about it. We're not in a situation where this program is just going to continue to be an independent. That Those times are gone. So it's not just like, oh, the same thing next year and the year after and the year after that. You're heading into the Big 12. You've had several good seasons now. You're building. You're, you're, you're climbing the national ranks and perspective. You're getting more respect out of the committee, even though this year it didn't work out for you. You know, so there's my point is, is there's a lot on the line for 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 BYU. And and I just think they need to be as aggressive as possible with this and get it done, because once it's done, now we can kind of slingshot forward and start talking about recruiting and, and NIL deals and all this good stuff. But until until that's finished, I'm just telling you guys, you can't they can't move forward yet. Well, and I, I think, again, the, the reason this is not done already uh, is because I think. Kalani Sataki is not necessarily looking for, you know, uh, a new deal that secures himself. I think there's a lot more at play than just Kalani Sataki staying at, at BYU. And, and I think one of the things that's so interesting is the appeal of BYU versus a big job like Oregon, because Oregon by any measure is a big job. And, and, you know, if you look at, you know, what, what Utah did this year, one of the reasons it was so significant is they went through Oregon to get there, right? The, the Utah Utes are going to the Rose Bowl, and deservedly so, because they beat Oregon twice. And that tells you kind of the measure and the the level that Oregon has achieved. This was a college football playoff team until they, they came to Sac Lake City and got blown out. Mm -hmm. But my point is, Oregon's always relevant. Oregon's always one of the top teams in the Pac-12. Oregon's got money, uniforms, NIL, they've got everything that you want. Boosters, obviously, with, with Nike and or excuse me, Nike. Nike. Um, thanks, you Nike. Know, yeah, Oregon's got everything that you want. Seemingly, Oregon would <laughs> excuse me, would be a better job than BYU would be a better job, right? I mean, like to me, Oregon seems like the better job. Yeah. But if you're Kalani Sataki, your heart is very clearly in Provo. Kalani left, went to Oregon State. Didn't love it. Came back like very clearly. Your heart is in Provo, so the value of what's a good job versus what's a better job versus the job you have now—that's a different conversation when it comes to Kalani Sataki because his priorities are different. Mm -hmm. And I think BYU knows that. I think BYU has an advantage in that they know that Kalani doesn't want to leave. There's not a whole lot of 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 incentive for Kalani to walk out the door right now and go to Oregon or go to SC, or go to all these other jobs that he was asked to interview for, there's not a whole lot of incentive for him to do that. So my whole point is, I think BYU knows they're not going to lose Kalani Sataki, but it seems a little 
sus, if you will. Yeah. It seems interesting that there's no hurry to get this done. And I think the reason that there's no hurry to get this extension done, as it was explained to me anyway, both sides agree, hey, I want to be here. You want me here. We need to work out, you know, a deal that gets me out of every conversation for every open job. But we also need to take care of my priorities, which include my staff and, you know, our ability to to run the program the way we want to run it. So I just think that he's not going anywhere, and mm -hmm. I think BYU knows that. Yeah, and, and hey, if they're on the same page, then that, then that's then that's great. You know, I mean, if they're on the same page and and they're they're in the situation that you just described, that's perfectly fine. But I just don't. Again, I always maintain I I, I don't want BYU to find themselves in a place where you know you're headed into the Big Twelve. You know, you've got all this great stuff happening, and then all of a sudden tomorrow randomly out of the blue, we get the bombshell from Bleacher Report that Kalani is signing with Oregon. You know, you can't, like, that can't happen if you're if you're BYU. And so if they're on the same page, great. But I just think that, that this program and Kalani and what they've built is, is it's it's been too long of a road. They've done too much for, for him to leave. And that's why I agree with you. I, I do think his, his priorities lie with BYU. I do think that, that he wants to stay. It's just going to be a matter of, of working out the paperwork. And and the reason we bring up the Gordon Hayward situation all those years ago is because this is the same kind of thing. You know, you, it was pretty much assumed that Gordon was going to resign with the jazz. You let him go and have a conversation with Boston. And all of a sudden he's, he's writing you a poem that gets leaked. Well, no and, truth you be know. told, you let him go have a conversation, you know, several years prior with San Antonio. Yeah. And that conversation is what, bolstered his belief that there was value for him in the market. And I think that's when you wind up losing guys. I don't believe for a minute that Kalani Sataki is going to Oregon. Mm -hmm. I also don't think he's heartbroken that the rumor's out there. And I think that, that this will get done and taken care of. It's just a matter of when. And Kalani has told people that he really wasn't that interested in interviewing until the season was over. Um, and that included the bowl game. So it's not particularly surprising that he hasn't interviewed for a ton of jobs. Um, there was a lot of belief that Washington came to Provo um, to interview Kalani. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I have no idea. And frankly, it doesn't really matter to me. What matters to me is that Kalani Sataki remains the head coach of the BYU Cougars because he's the right guy. Yeah. It is very difficult in, you know, uh, the, the, the atmosphere and the requirements and the prerequisites to be a head coach at BYU, specifically for basketball and football, where are you going to find another LDS man that can do what Kalani Sataki's done? That's very difficult. Where are you going to find a guy that, that you know, is in the church, has a temple recommend, and can lead you to a 10-win season and put you in the conversation for a New Year's Six Bowl? Back-to-back -back years. Where are you going to find that? It's very difficult. Yeah. And that's why I say there's a lot of value in Kalani Sataki. Both sides know that. Yeah. So it was not surprising to me anyways to hear Tom Homo yesterday talking about, you know, that, hey, we're working on it. We're, you know, both sides are, we're talking to Kalani. We're trying to get something done. That to me is not surprising. Yeah. Um, mainly because we reported it three and a half weeks ago, but. You know, also because I think both sides like each other. Well, and I, and I think clearly, you know, Tom is is trying to get some publicity out there that you know that they are actively engaged in 
figuring it out. And, and I think that's the thing you got to remember too, is like controlling the news cycle on these things is so important, you know, controlling what, what is out there in the media is, is very important. Uh, you know, I, I think if you're, it's kind of like what you were just saying about Kalani, is he heartbroken that his name is on the rumor mill for all these open positions? Well, no, of course not. I mean, it's, it's a tip of the cap to him. Um, it, it only helps him provide for his family, right? At, at the end of the day, that's why you would like that. If you're, uh, Tom Homo, you're trying to make sure that people know you're, you're, you and Kalani have full intentions of resigning together. You're trying to make sure that this doesn't get out of hand, that there's never a news story that comes out that says that Kalani's disgruntled or unhappy. Like we, we all know how quickly it moves. That's my point. You just don't want this to, this thing to get out of control. So hopefully we wake up. At the end of the month, it's all done. Everything's good to go, and we don't have to talk about this anymore. But for now, this is where we are. And I, not to be redundant, but is Oregon a good job? Like, it is – now you know all the details on why Mario Cristobal chose to leave Oregon. You know, he's an alumni at, at Miami, but you also know that Miami has now agreed to invest a significant amount of money back into the football program – which they had stopped doing. Um, you know, the Miami Hurricanes essentially had said, hey, boosters and alumni are going to fund our program. Um, and if they don't, they don't. Then the program's not going to get funding. Well, now what Miami has said is, okay, we have alumni and donors and we're going to put a bunch of money back in because they have new revenue streams, et cetera, et cetera. Your mom. Yeah. You understand that they hired Clemson's athletic director to come down to Miami okay, it's a little more appealing than it used to be. You have a recruiting base in your backyard of unbelievable track stars. Okay, Mario, knock yourself out. You weren't a great coach at Oregon anyway, right? Yeah. But USC is unquestionably a good job. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's... Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, it's, I think what I would say is USC is unquestionably a power brand in college football, even when they suck. It's SC. Like, you're never getting away or around or over. The fact that USC... Just is, I, and I don't know how to explain the fact that it is, but it just is. SC is SC, and that's never going to change. Now, right. Oregon, yes, correct. Oregon to me, I mean, Oregon is a good job. Is it one of the best jobs in the country? No. Is it a good job? Yeah. It, for Kalani Sataki, is it a good job? No, it's not because you're not, you're you're not really like because when head coaches look at positions, they're looking at it from a selfish perspective. So, okay, if I'm going to leave BYU. What what is the opportunity presented to me at Oregon? Okay, well, great. I'm in a P5 conference. Uh, I've got all the Nike money. We've got all that good stuff. Oregon has some history with the college football playoff and doing some things, so that helps. Put guys but, in the NFL. Good but he's already base. doing that. Yeah. He's already doing that, well, right? You know what but, I mean? But, but, is he, though? Yeah. I think it's slow and incremental that more and more BYU guys are getting into the NFL. There's no doubt. Obviously, you know, watching Danny Sorensen run a touchdown back or, you know, Zach Wilson with the Jets. And, okay, yeah, it's getting better. Yeah. Oregon, there's no doubt about it. Kayvon Thibodeau, who announced he's coming out from Oregon yeah. and is going to skip the bowl game, he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. I mean, it's not uncommon uh, for Oregon to put guys in the NFL. And, again, I, when it comes to good jobs – I think BYU is is never going to be known as a great job just because of the honor code and the church affiliation. There's extra baggage. There is. But to me, when I look at what's a good job and what's not, USC's a good job. 
Oregon's a dumpster fire. Oregon is always a problem. Oregon is always Chip Kelly recruiting scandals. Oregon is always <laughs> Mario Cristobal can't win big games. You know, see that to me is the difference. Oregon is known for not winning big games. That that's what they're known for. And I, and I think like the recruiting scandal stuff. Obviously, we can't say that about Oregon and not say it about SC. Obviously, like SC's had its fair share. They've gone through their thing. Okay, great. But but I just think that that uh, the. There's no way to really define why or how other than to just say it's Southern California, it's Hollywood, it's everything you want it to be. Uh, oh, you know, I can like, define it for you. Like, it's it's just what it is. USC, when USC is even mediocre, they're ranked higher than most other people. Which I don't understand. Right? Well, I, because they're a brand, and when they're on TV, and they're the 13th ranked USC Trojans, that's a game people are going to watch. Even if you're not an SC fan and you see SC on TV – you're not necessarily going to watch Stanford. You're not going to watch Cal. You're not going to watch Oregon State. But what is it? What I'm what I'm struggling to figure out with SC, and, and you, the difference here between our perspectives is that you know I didn't watch USC in their heyday, right, with Pete Carroll and Reggie and and when all that was going down. So you have that appreciation for what they were back in that time. But what I'm saying is that they haven't been that good since then. They haven't been anything. Well, since their program then. got gutted. Right. I but, mean, but obviously, what? they essentially got the death penalty without getting it. Yeah. And you know what? They've had they've had poor management. And now, you know, with Mike Bone there, all of that has changed. And now you would expect when you when you hire a guy like Lincoln Riley, I mean, you you expect to win a national championship. Hard. Oh, stop. quickly. That's it. Quickly. And by, to That's your credit, it. to your credit, you did say, hey, you know, they can go and get. You know, I, you, we did specifically. I remember we specifically mentioned Lincoln Riley. This is, but this is what I always say. Yeah. If you're Oregon, can you call Lincoln Riley's agent and say, "Hey, we'd like to talk to Lincoln Riley." Yeah, you can call, but he ain't answering. Right. I'll tell and you it, that. If you're USC and you call Lincoln Riley's agent and say, "We'd like him to be the next coach at USC," he's absolutely answering the phone. Well, remember, let's not forget. I mean, what did Lincoln himself say about how it all went down? I mean, Lincoln Riley claims that that this was not a long process, that they Two called days. him, and then the next day it was basically, you know, done, if you will. There was just paperwork and formalities. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. I don't think there's any doubt that when you look at USC, they're in a different class than just about anybody else. Um, I look at Oregon. Oregon has clear access to the college football playoff. Oregon has a great uniform par partnership and, you know, donor base with Nike. Um, <laughs> I have to say Nike uh, with Phil Knight and Nike obviously um, I think Oregon's a good not a great job I look at I look at Utah compare Utah to Oregon branding wise Oregon and SC are both ahead Oregon's of Utah. a better job yeah and here's why because kids don't want to come to the mountains when you're when you're a kid that grew up in LA or Miami are you really going to come to the mountains and play football? That's a tough sell, which is why Kyle Whittingham's so remarkable. Yeah. Because he gets kids to do it all the time. The issue becomes that it's a project to recruit to Utah. Yeah. It's a project to recruit to BYU. It's not a project to recruit to Eugene, Oregon. Not when you can say, hey, you're going to have the freshest, hottest Nikes. You're going to have the best uniforms, the best Jordans. You're going to be on national TV What do kids care about? Kids yeah. care about their parents watching them on TV. They care about their drip. So the the uniforms, the shoes, the outfit, the all of it. Yep. The money, the NIL, they care about making money in college. You're doing that at Oregon. 
Are you making NIL money at Utah? Not right now, you're not. Which is beyond me. So I think Oregon is a good, not a great job. I think, I think when you look at LSU, is LSU really a great job? I don't think it is. I wouldn't say it's a great job. I feel like LSU is the Oregon of the SEC. Of the SEC. It, it's a good job. You can win a national championship at LSU, no doubt. But it's not as good of a job as, you know, uh, you know whatever other great job you yeah. want to point to, you know. Yeah, and I, I so I bring this up to say that I understand why Kalani Sataki doesn't want to leave BYU. He's yeah. the perfect guy there. And I think he's a different kind of guy, to your point. Like, Kalani's not... Kalani's not like Lincoln Riley. Kalani's not like, you know, no. all these other dudes who, who you know, are not LDS and not about, you know, everything that comes with the BYU package. So, that, again, that's why I just think it, it it does make me nervous. I have I have some anxiety about the fact that they're not done with it. But I also know, just like you were just saying five minutes ago, that they're on the same page and they're working it out. So, you know. Yeah, and they both they, – they, I'm not worried about Kalani leaving. Yeah. I'm not. I, I think when I look at where Kalani is, he's the king of Utah right now. For real. Now, by the way, I would also point out, for all the BYU fans that are looking past UAB, I had probably five tweets. Well, they quit football. You don't know the UAB story. If you're simply stopping at, well, UAB quit football. If you don't know the story of UAB and why they didn't wind up quitting football, your friends... UAB is capable of beating BYU. And there are so many people that are assuming that BYU is going to run through UAB. I might slow my roll on that. I might win first and then talk about how badly you got screwed. Because if you go to the Independence Bowl and you lose to UAB, it's not a great look. No. And by the way, if Utah goes to the Rose Bowl and wins – Kyle Whittingham's back as the king of, of Utah. And, you know, I'd almost say if, if Utah wins the Rose Bowl, that's going to be an awfully difficult sell for BYU <laughs> in recruiting. Yeah, I don't I don't know what your – what leg do you have to stand on? Yeah. That's why I say the, the Big 12 dynamic is hugely important right now. The Kalani's relationship to the Big 12 situation is huge. Like, you, like I can't – say enough how important it is to get it done so that when you go to the Big 12, your program is hitting the ground running. Nothing to talk about. By the way, it's going to be five to seven years of a of a curve. And that's my point. I mean, With Kalani, it's five to seven years. Let, again, not that I'm trying to say he's leaving, but hypothetically, let's say that that did happen. Can you imagine how much worse that transition would be, like how much more challenging that would be for you as a program? That's why that's why I'm saying it's so important to get it done. Nah, I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Get it done. Uh, James Knight, morning to you. James, stick around. We've got some NBA for you here in about five minutes. Uh, Giggity says, morning, fellas. What's up, Giggity? Greg Hawkins says, what's up? What's up, Hawk? BYU needs to increase the assistant pool budget. Give Kalani a sizable raise and become NIL University in order to keep Kalani. Get Ryan Smith or something to help out. Well, I, I don't think it's an issue. I think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Brett Allen says BYU dragging their feet and it's irritating. It's got to be tough not knowing your new conference payouts are going to look like that makes it tough to budget for your coaching staff. Yeah, I would agree with that. But you can't tell me they don't have money, dude. I I'm not going to sit here and feel like he's already well paid. Uh, well, that might be true, but he, but the fact is, is he's doing something in your program that you've never done in, in recent times. Yeah. You, you've got, I mean, I, 
I mean, what? Some of us weren't even alive the last time they won a national championship. I mean, I, I mean, what are we talking about? Like, like, yeah, sure, he might be well paid now. Pay the guy more. Like, I, I pay him. <laughs> I would just say, pay his assistants more. Give them more job stability. Do and what needs I think to that, be done. Yeah, whatever it is that's holding you up, and I'm told that it's buyout language. What does that even mean? <clears throat> that means, hey, you're it's going to cost you this much, um, and we're not going to pay you. Yeah. Like, and BYU, I'm sure, wants language that says, hey, if we, if you're terrible and we fire you, you know, I, I, I'm sure that's what it is. And I'm sure it's, hey, if another school hires you, we want them to have to pay 80 gazillion dollars. You know, like – I'm sure that that that's that's what it always is. Yeah. So we'll see. Greg Hawkins says Oregon has won more college football playoff games than the entire Big Twelve. Truth. Yeah. Uh, Giggity says Oregon is known for those hideous uniform combinations. But yeah. are they hideous, or do kids like them? Kids love them. And that's kids my and that's them. my thing. I'm not saying you're wrong about the fact that some of those uniforms they run out are terrible. But but what matters to Oregon is and what matters to a potential head coaching candidate would be, hey, can I use the uniforms to recruit? Can I, you know, like, like, like recruiting is simply, hey, what do I have in my tool bag to bring value to get kids here? That's what it is. Yeah. And the uniforms are part of that. Greg Hawkins says USC is a blue blood with 17 national championships over generations in a prime location with prime talent. All yeah. it takes is one good hire to change everything. Lincoln Riley could be that guy. Yeah. I think he is that guy. Exactly I, th right. I think he is that guy. By the way, who's the best coach of any sport in the state of Utah? Hmm. Hmm. I think Kyle Whittingham's probably got to be there. Yeah, I, I think it's probably Witt. I think if Quinn Snyder wins a, wins a NBA title, I think you got to put him in there. Um, I this, mean, all this time. This state is so thirsty. Like, all time, Jerry's got to be there, you know? But, but right now, it's Witt. If Kyle Winningham wins the Rose Bowl, yeah, I mean it's it's just such a I, I don't think I, I don't think it's if I think it's when I think they're going to win that game I think it's going to be a fitting end of their season Dude, like Ohio State is very good yeah but but what what do we what do we say Oregon's really good and they they freaking embarrassed Oregon not once but twice well and, I mean Utah brings a physical edge that most teams do not yeah and and I think that I think that Ohio State is a damn good football team. But I also think that Kyle Whittingham and the Utah Utes have been an underdog the entire season. Yeah, that's They're right. They're happy to continue to be an underdog. And I just think that the when when there's something about having the ability to 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 have nothing to lose when you're playing football. To be able to say, yeah, two of our teammates died and we're just out here playing football and we're going to do everything that we can do to win the game. I, that's why they're winning football games. They they just simply want it more. And I you know, I, I don't have – Ohio State, frankly, has shown the ability to lose games that people think that they should win. And and that's why I think Utah is going to do well. I do. Yeah, don't disagree with that. Of course, Tanner Plummer comes in and drops a ridiculous comment. <sighs> Best coach in Utah right now, Real Salt Lake coach Pablo Mastriani. Okay, so that's how it's going to be. I, why? Why? Tanner, Tanner, Tanner. I'm going to have to put him in a six months. You better check yourself. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> By the way, he said, LOL, Jake. <laughs> check yourself, Tanner. Um, I think there's no doubt right now that it is, it's Kyle Whittingham. I mean, what he's done this year. I think, I think that second Oregon win solidifies that it's mm. Kyle Whittingham. I mean, 
Yeah, I think if he beats Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. If you beat Oregon the first when when you beat Oregon the first time, if you'd have lost the second Oregon game in the Pac twelve championship game, we'd be having a different conversation. Yeah, it would have, all of that would have gone up in smoke. Yeah. But yeah. now that now that you've won the Pac twelve, gone to the Rose Bowl, I don't know, dude. There's just something about this team. Uh, and I'm not trying to be cliche corny sports guy, but there's just something about this team where they're able to to, to bring it sports guy. Yeah. I mean, everyone always says, oh, well, this team has something special. We're special. We're, we're, you know, we're... The Chicago Bulls after they win every night. Yeah, out. like, come This on. is a special team. This is a special team. Caruso's headband really does put them over the top. Yeah, oh, please. Shut up. Uh, anyway, I think it's Kyle Whittingham. We'll talk a lot more about the Rose Bowl as we uh, approach that. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, the Monty Show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find Jake SLC Supercars. I'm sorry. Are we? What are you? What are you doing? I can't. There? I can't check my phone. No, man. No, man. How how how's that not girlfriend doing? Uh, doing great, bro. Doing doing great, great man. Virtual Beijing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, everything's great. You know. Did you guys talk last night? Yes. Not on the phone. No, no. You guys don't talk on the phone. Who does that? <laughs> Idiot. I stayed up an extra hour to make sure I got to talk to my wife. I'm for real. To hear her voice and stuff, you know, like. Yeah. Show get, each did other. that get you a little excited? Yeah. I mean, strength in the forearms after it was over. It was yeah. Amazing. Uh, hey. Um, hey. Let's talk NBA basketball. <laughs> Speaking of strengthening forearms. Um, the Utah Jazz are about to embark on a three-game roadie um, that will technically be a four-gamer if you count the Cleveland game, which – the By land the way, has anybody noticed that the utah jazz have the cake schedule like i mean that you have a four game road trip that includes like 17 days off between games yeah dude that's i that's i yeah. you know I'd like so. it is um it's not a bad thing um that they they played what sunday and now they're coming home and taking a break, and now they today will fly to Minnesota. So December is a pretty cake month, right? Yeah. Go to January, and this is where I think Jazz fans are going to start to go a little, a little mental because there are some losses in January coming. You have Golden State. Well, the Pistons. Right, right. Oh right. my bad. Uh, you've got uh, you've got Golden State. You've got. Denver twice, you've got the Lakers, you've got Golden State again, you've got two with Phoenix, you've got Denver again. Like you're playing good teams, you know, and I think that my biggest thing right now with this team and watching them is everyone's like, Oh, well, Don's the Western Conference player of the week and he's playing great, and that might be true. And I I, I agree, he's been playing well. My problem is is we're still having the same conversation that we were having last year. It's Don and everybody else, and they don't have a way to beat the best teams in the league. I think we saw it against Cleveland. It goes to Don and everybody else. Yeah. Um, and everybody gets excited that, you know, Rudy throws down a left-handed jam on Jared Allen. That was a fire dunk, though. I mean, give the guy awesome. credit. That was a pretty sick dunk. Like, You were in a game that was really close. With Cleveland. With the Cleveland Cavaliers, who, by the way, hey, not for nothing, the Cavs are not bad this year. Yeah. The Cavs are competitive. Come on. But you're the Utah Jazz. Colin Sexton isn't even playing, dude. They're you're, not even at full strength. You're the Utah Jazz. You're better than the Cleveland Cavaliers. But this three-game trip – to Minnesota, Philly, and Washington before you come home to play the Clippers, it's going to be very telling. Mm -hmm. Because once you get into the meat of the new year, I mean, you're you're right now, what, 24-something, 25 games in? Something like that, yep. 
you're getting to, you know, you're, you're getting to the halfway mark before you know it. And you're going to have to make a pretty significant trade to upgrade your position right now. Um, you're 16 and seven. You've played good basketball. You haven't played great basketball yet. Uh, you're around, you're about 29 games in now. You're 29 about, you're games about, in. you're about 30 games in. What's their, what's their record right now? Uh, 16 and seven, yeah, 16 and seven. That's not 30 games. Okay. Now. Well, I can't, I'm counting quick. Okay. You know, so, um, I mean, I'm, you know, it's fine. I mean, okay, cool. Good talk. All right. <clears throat> Do you see what I deal with? Uh, yeah, anyway, right. the point is, what is that, 23 games? Yeah, 23 Thanks. games. You're Sorry. welcome. Uh, anyway, the point is, the Jazz are the Jazz are just past the quarter pole, and you're going to be at the 40-game mark before you know it hits you. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to add to this roster if you want to win a championship. This is not a championship-caliber roster. It's not. And the thing that is so surprising is that you are in a position where – you're not playing any of your youth. None. Zero. You're asking a bunch of old dudes to carry the mail for you. Mm -hmm. And for long stretches in the second half against Cleveland and, you know, really for the last three, four games, they haven't been able to do it. So now you're going to head for Minnesota. And I know that I know that we all love the T-Wolves in these parts. Well, let's remember what happened last year, let's last not. season. Can we not? Let's remember what happened last season on the show. Hey, they're going to struggle with Minnesota. Oh, you guys are idiots. Do you even watch Jazz games? No. And then what happened? You lost back-to-back -to, -back to Minnesota. By the way, they're better this year than they were last year. By the way, who's stopping Anthony Edwards? Who's stopping him? I don't know. Yeah, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Malik Beasley. D'Lo. Yeah, yeah, D'Lo is... Um... I'm concerned. I mean, call me an idiot if you want to. Please be like, have fun doing it. But I'm telling you, this game is it's concerning to me. It'll be interesting to see. Is D'Angelo healthy? Yes, I believe he is. Um. Anyway, here nor there. Mm -hmm. My point is, I look at I look at the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is an incredibly athletic team, mm -hmm. and we saw last year in that back to back that. It is not the easiest thing in the world for the Jazz to stay in front of the Timberwolves. And now with Cat healthy and playing and playing well, Rudy Gobert is going to be on the perimeter. And that's going to leave you exposed at the rim. And it'll be interesting to see, is Hassan Whiteside going to play in this game? Because I think that's a big question mark. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how he how the, the Jazz planned for that. But we watched the Suns last night. Mm -hmm. That seems easy right now. That seems easy right now. You know, looking at the, you know, looking at Denver, they lose to Meyer and we, the greatest team in the history of basketball, the Chicago Bulls. Right, of course. Um, only because Alex Caruso is amazing. Right. He yep. didn't play. Right. Um, but Denver's going to get healthy at some point, you would think. And they're good. I look at the Lakers and the Clippers. The Lakers are a 500 team that's going to make a significant deal. The Golden State Warriors are absolutely legitimate. Yes. They are. That game, again, last night we were watching some of that game. Golden State's legit. Good luck. I mean, that's a very good team. You look at what's in front of the Jazz right now. The Suns and the Warriors are better teams mm -hmm. than the Utah Jazz. And I think when you look at the teams below the Jazz, Denver, Clippers, Lakers, those Portland. teams, those – eh, that game, this Damian Lillard trade shit, like, I just look at this. I, why is anybody, why, 
What is it going to take to get Ben Simmons out of Philly? I don't know. Damian Lillard supposedly, allegedly, really wants Ben Simmons in Portland. Yeah. And I'm just saying to myself, if you're Philly, why haven't you made that deal yet? I mean, Damian Lillard clearly is letting it be known he needs more than what he's got. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you look at the Lakers, the Clippers, Denver. um, You know, all of these teams are going to make significant moves. Here we are. On, you know, December 7th, do you believe that the, the Utah Jazz are going to make a significant move? I mean, not a, not a move on the level of those other teams. And, 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 again, this is not a new conversation. I want people to remember, and you can find it on the channel, we've been having this conversation since before they re-signed Mike Conley. And this is where the Conley situation and the Gobert situation uh, come for you, meaning that, that because you have all that money on the books already, it's going to make it really difficult for you to go out and make a big splash move for a guy that could put you over the top. That could put you into the NBA championship conversation. Yeah. That and and I'm not trying to hate. I, I think it's just it's just reality of the situation because you're already so committed um, to those guys on your roster already. You're gonna have to move significant names on this team to to get something back because of the money. So you know, yeah, you're gonna have to talk about a name like Bogey. You're gonna have to talk about Royce O'Neal. You're gonna have to talk about Joe Ingles. I mean, these major players on your team are going to have to move if you want to take that next step. And that's the challenging part. Who's available? Who can you go and that's get? That's right. You know, like, because yep. teams aren't just going to say, oh, yeah, let's do the Jazz a favor. You know, we're the Timberwolves. Let's go ahead and just give them one of our best players for Joe Ingles. Nobody's doing that. They're not doing that. And that's why it is so difficult to win uh, an NBA championship. Chris Karn, good morning to you. He says, go Hawks. Okay. Jake. Oh, wait, hang on. Jake. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. There you go. Sorry. Sorry. Thanks. I I know the drop machine was turned off. We don't eat, but we don't. There are days where Jake just doesn't feel like it. Why why do you say things like this? Like what? Sometimes you can't play drops. Sometimes it's not appropriate. Well, we all make choices in life. Well, Uh, James Knight says, why all of a sudden does the regular season matter? Okay. First of all, you're hammered. He's drunk. What all of a sudden regular season from matters? So that's a reference to us saying that that being the one seed doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. What good it, did it do you? It doesn't matter why the regular season matters. Well, I mean, to give you an idea of how you match up um, when the playoffs start, that's really what it matters. I mean, you just need to be one of the teams that's not in the playoff to get in the play in tournament. Um, you know, so to me, the regular season matters in that it's you. You have to know who and where you are. Mm-hmm. And the Jazz, I would hope, know who and where they are, and that is they're not good enough and they need to make a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not going to be able to compete with the teams at the top of the, the conference. I mean, you look at you look at what and how Phoenix plays basketball. I mean, the, the without Devin Booker, without, you know, I, and I don't even know how to say this out loud, without Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Without Frank Kaminsky, who actually was playing very good basketball before he got hurt. He was. He was thriving with DeAndre Ayton being out. I mean, De- and DeAndre Ayton, I mean, he's an elite offensive player, but he's still not great defensively. Um, all that going on, the Suns are 20 and 4. 20 and 4. And the Golden State Warriors are 20 and 4. It's crazy. The Suns are 9 and 1 in their last 10. I mean, they're playing elite basketball. Um, you look at look at Memphis. Look at Memphis. That team is 
the Memphis Grizzlies are legitimately good because John ja Morant's a better shooter this year than he was last year. You know, you you look at teams like the Clippers, the Lakers, the Mavericks are trash. Luka's yeah. not a championship player. Nope. Um, the Timberwolves, Blazers, those are all playoff teams. You know, I mean, you, but you struggle with the New Orleans Pelicans because of their athletic ability. You need to go and you need to get a, a, a guy that can give you three-point shooting and defense. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what concerns me right now. I can't definitively say, well, yeah, I mean, the Jazz would dominate the Memphis Grizzlies in a playoff series because last year they didn't dominate that team. I mean, yeah, they won in five, but but there were some there was some concern. I mean, you there were major concerns around that series early on. So so all I'm saying is it's not the end of the world for the Jazz, but I just they're not right now. They're not as good as they were last year, and and they're doing a good job load managing Mike Conley. You know, they're doing a good job doing what they need to do to be healthy. But at the same time, what good is being healthy if you're going to get knocked out in the first or second round? That's the problem. And by the way, I'd also point to the fact that the Brooklyn Nets are playing pretty good basketball right now. Kevin Durant, I, 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 I again. I just want to point out something. And, yes, I'm the KD homer on the show, but I think every NBA fan could appreciate Wait, let me this. Go ahead and single yeah, it go ahead and single it up. Okay, right. thank you. Okay. So, so everyone's like, oh, well, Steph Curry is, is the NBA MVP, and he's the best, and he's amazing. And Kevin Durant's putting up the same numbers that Steph Curry's putting up and not getting any MVP love. And that's because he does that every single year and makes it look easy. No, no. That's because DeMar DeRozan is the true NBA MVP this year, uh, number one. And number Y'all two. Y'all want to play. Yeah. Don't, don't trifle me, bro. Uh, number two, it's what you expect out of Kevin Durant. There are some there are some negatives that come with being one of the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. LeBron James said the same thing. Expectations, you know, everybody's talking about firing Frank Vogel. Um, you know what? Players got to play, and Kevin Durant plays at that level on a consistent basis. Yes. So it's the expectation now, and guys like Steph Curry don't play at that level on a on a consistent basis. Kevin Durant does it in the playoffs, in the finals. He does it in the regular season. Mm-hmm. It's just who the guy is, right? Steph Curry's not that guy. So, by the way, by the way, they're still playing without James Wiseman and Klay Thompson, <laughs> who are not going on the upcoming road trip with the Warriors. Which is just insane, dude. I mean, <laughs> to be 20-4 and four without those two guys, come on. And it's because they're actually really athletic defensively. I mean – I don't know. I, I look at the I look at where the Jazz are. They're a top ten team, and that's about as far as I'm willing to go with it. Yeah, you know, like I I think the Jazz are a the Jazz are not as good as they were last year simply because they've taken a step back. You know, they've gotten older. They have not gotten faster. They did not really add anybody in the off season that that makes them a different team or brings a new dynamic. But Rudy Gay. But Rudy Gay is the same guy that you've had on this team. Yeah. He is a he's a guy that can shoot a three pointer, you know. Now we'll see as they, we get into some more interesting matchups. You know, is Rudy? Let's see Rudy Gay play some four or five. Let's see Rudy Gay play thirty five minutes in a game. Let's see Rudy Gay. Yeah, you know, like he's still ramping up. Like, I he's not young, dynamic, and a defensive stalwart. That's what this team needs. They need a young, dynamic wing that can defend. You know, sadly, you'd love to have a Ben Simmons skill set who could shoot a three. That's exactly what this Utah Jazz team needs. But how do you get that accomplished? That's the tough part. Well, you go and so, make a trade. Yeah. You're well, we'll have see. to go make a trade. Yeah. 
You know, like I'm telling you now, somebody's going to fleece the Sacramento Kings. And it'll be interesting to see, are the Jazz a team that's out there fleecing somebody or are they the team that makes it a three-way trade? Like, what are they going to do? Where are they going to be involved? When are they? The Jazz have not for many years been the headline team in a trade. Mm -hmm. It's been a very long time. And now I think Ryan Smith has shown you that they're not doing things the way they've always done things. Which is a welcome relief. <laughs> yeah, I agree. James Knight says, take note of the huge minutes Katie and Harden have been playing and let's yes. hope they have the legs in the postseason. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I, I think that I, I think you if you if you look back to that Bucks Nets series last postseason, you know, playing overtime and Kevin Durant playing like forty eight minutes and like I mean these guys just play, you know, insane minutes and, and, and I I'd be lying if I said I didn't think about the the Achilles with Kevin Durant. I mean I think that, you know, at some point your body will stop. At some point. But a I don't lot know of when these that is. a lot of these Olympians are hurt. Yeah, I mean, you were just talking about Devin Booker. I mean, there's there's him and several other guys, but we'll see, man. All I'm all I'm saying is that right now, I think I'm just really concerned about the the concept that the the Jazz need more, but they're not in a a, a real prime you know ideal position to go and get more. That's so we'll see. I mean, what is that? What does that really do? That puts you know Justin Zanuck and this front office in a position to go and make things happen that people didn't think were possible. And that's that hopefully will be what we're talking about come the day after the trade deadline and come postseason. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's see. John Jackson says, I really like the way Rudy Gay has been playing even better than Royce O'Neal. Do you have uh, – do you think that Rudy will switch Royce for the starting lineup later in the season? I, I don't know if he has the legs for it. That's my only concern. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know, know that he could be a starter. And this team has an odd affection for Royce O'Neal. Yeah, which I don't get. Because he, he's just a player. He's just a guy. You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, Tanner Plummer says, the Mavericks are trash. Luka's not a championship player. Well, don't tell that to Luka's mom. Well? Well, you know, she's got a gravy train somewhere. Fat Jesus says, regular season doesn't matter. Just look at last year when the Jazz had the best record in the conference but couldn't get to the conference finals. Yeah, I mean, I agree that I, I, we're not sitting here saying that the regular season matters in terms of, you know, their their ability to go and win the Western Conference. That's not the goal this year. It, it hasn't been the goal since the beginning of the season. Yeah. Like, it's no secret that, that they're happy to be a three to five seed and just get in. And, and I agree with that strategy. I think Mike Conley has to be healthy for this team to be successful in the postseason. Um, I think that Don's got to be healthy, frankly, uh, headed into the postseason. I think this team needs to be dialed in, headed into the postseason, and my only thing, I agree with you, is you need to stay out of the play-in tournament. That's the only thing. So whether you're a, you know, whether you're a six seed or a one seed, stay out of the play-in tournament and go and do something at the trade deadline, something meaningful. Like, meaningful meaning wing player at a minimum. Hopefully, he's really athletic. Yeah, you'd love to see a pure number two option to Donovan Mitchell. I'd love to see a Zach Levine-esque player on this team, but they don't have the money for that. And and I don't because you don't have the money, I don't know what name you're going to go and well, try and get. Well, they don't have the money, and they don't have the assets. Yeah. That's the real issue. Yeah. So, you're landlocked. You're, you're going to have – that's why I said I think you're going to wind up taking either a bad contract in return or – and my thing is, too, if we look at this from a – like if we project forward with Donovan's career. So let's say that you don't do much of anything at the trade deadline. Let's say that you you know, you know make a move, but you're not able to go and make a splash transaction. Okay, 
you get eliminated this year. When does Don start talking about leaving? When does that conversation begin? Because it happens with every star. It happened with Dame. It happened with LeBron. It's happening with Book. Like, it, like at some point, Donovan Mitchell is going to not, like, he's going to be unhappy. So my question is, when does that start to happen? When does he wind up looking at being a Nick or a Net? Yeah. I mean, that's a guy that has huge ties to New York, as you're well aware. It's a great I mean, point. Yeah. When does he, when does he go home? You know, I'm all I'm saying is this team and I, I only only time will tell. Yeah. But the Mike Conley deal, the Rudy Gobert deal, the mistakes that this team has made that you knew were mistakes when you made them. And you still made them. And you did it anyway. <laughs> those are the ones that are gonna come back to get you because this team cannot consistently pay the, the luxury tax. You can't. And you're gonna make a ton of money out of rebranding and Merch sales, jersey sales, like, hey, I get it. But you better win at some point because your fans will grow apathetic. And at some point, you're not going to be the cool, neat story anymore. And right now, this team is young and hip, and you have a lot of issues surrounding this team that winning would take care of. TV deals, streaming deals, content deals, money-making deals. Attractiveness to free agents. You know what I'm saying? So it'll be interesting. It will be interesting to see how this all works out. Do you think the Bulls are for real or are you just being a jerk? <laughs> well, that's not what Todd said, which is why his comment got filtered. But I actually do think the Bulls are for real. I mean, obviously, with DeRozan having COVID, um, they still found a way to beat Denver. Um, it's because you're getting great performances out of just about everybody yeah like Derek Jones Jr. jumping out of the gym well he hit a huge three two last night and he's actually playing lockdown defense how I don't know and he's rebounding um you know you look at the way the Bulls are built I mean you have so many injuries right now from Caruso DeRozan like you're missing guys and you're still winning games because Zach Levine is playing big minutes. You look at Lonzo Ball's contribution, it, he's knocking down threes. Um, Vucevic is a joke. I am not a Vucevic guy at all. You know, I just, you know, we'll see. We'll see. They're a playoff team. Are they a championship caliber yeah. team? No, nah, probably not. They're But they're a playoff team. Yeah. They're, they're a one-and-done playoff team. I think one of the more disappointing teams this year in the NBA is the New York Knicks. Like, that team has fallen off. And I don't know if this is the regular burnout with Tom Thibodeau uh, or what, but that team should be better than they are. Well, and they've taken Kemba out of the rotation. And I mean, I, there's just all this. They're a nice. They're a nice. They're, they're an entertaining team to watch, but they're not a good team. That's what I'll say. I would agree with that. And, you know, whereas a team like Charlotte that's young and now without LaMelo because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Terry Rozier is in protocol as well. Yeah. You know, like they're relying on like actually G time stepped up last night. Mm -hmm. Gordon like Hayward. Charlotte's getting better. I, I mean, there's no there's no way around that. LaMelo is definitely better this year than he was last year. Uh, the chemistry of the team is better. Like, I think, listen, I that and, and this kind of goes back to the conversations we've had um, with the jazz situation. I mean, whether you want to look at, you know, uh, Golden State bouncing back, you want to look at Charlotte getting better. You want to look at Chicago being better than they've been. Like, a lot of the teams in the league are slowly but surely getting better, you know? Not every team is able to do what the Warriors have done, but they're getting better. And and that's why I say 
I would love to see the the Jazz kind of on that same trajectory. The problem is, is getting better for the Jazz is the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. So it's not like, hey, we went from, you know, 30 wins to 40 wins. You know, the, the issue is you had, what, 53 wins last year, I think, or something like that. Like, you're, you're almost destined to take a step back in the win column this year in an effort to take a step forward in the playoff column. So that's why I say the NBA, I love the NBA. I think there's a lot of great storylines. I think DeMar DeRozan, you've been saying this. I haven't agreed with it until lately. DeMar DeRozan um, has the opportunity to contend for an MVP this year. Um, and we'll see what happens. But I just think that the teams that are legit right now are few and far between because I don't know, like the Bucks let you down some nights, you know, the Knicks, <coughs> or I'm sorry, Excuse the Nets. Me have guys who are not playing and some nights they just don't play well. So I don't know, dude. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, is the trade deadline is coming and somebody as it happens every single year, a team we are not talking about is going to make a splash deal and they're going to get a hell of a lot better. And a team we are talking about, is going to do nothing and they're going to get eliminated in the postseason. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's see. Have you noticed teams being uh, baiting Rudy Gobert lately? James says, well, that's been going on for weeks. We've talked yes. about that. Um, that goes back to the Pacers, and I mean, it, it. The problem is, is that Rudy is not a tough guy. He's not like a, he's not a physically intimidating player, so he can be had. And now he said he's not going to defend himself. He's not going to throw punches. Um, I mean, you're not going to. You, you're not going to attack the Leonard's of the world. You're not going to attack the, you know the, the. You're not going to attack big men in this league and and say then that you're not going to fight. And you, I think Rudy Gobert is an interesting guy when it comes to stirring the pot. He is a guy that is – he's not a dirty player, but he pulls your uniform. He elbows he you. He is an annoyance. He arm locks you. Yes. Rudy does. And then he dunks and he wants to kick you and – then when you you know when you go by at him and a ref calls a foul, he's going to be outraged at every single whistle. That's why Rudy finds himself in situations where guys are going at him. Yeah, and he talks too. He talks junk. I mean, yeah. multiple players have said that. So I mean, you can't. I don't know, man. You can't. You can't. You lose your composure and constantly complain to the officials. And I mean, we've had this conversation. We we all know the conversation. But yes, to answer the question directly. Yes, guys have been baiting them. It is a point of emphasis for teams playing the Jazz. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Ian, good morning too. He says, "Have y'all talked about the Grizz playing better without Ja?" Well, I mean, aren't they four and zero without him since he got don't, hurt? Don't don't start running this crap out here about how <laughs> a team is better without Ja Morant. That's just not the case. They yeah, they may be four and zero with him not on the floor, but Ja Morant is a is a generational talent. I mean, there's no you're. I'm just not going to sit here and be like, yeah, they're better without John Morant. Come on. Let's not be silly. Well, I mean, when you look at who's doing it for them, they're getting contributions across the board. So it's not that John Morant's the problem. It's that when he's out, um, you're starting to see that, you know, Bain and Adams and Brooks and Dylan Brooks is a stud. Mm -hmm. And I'll be surprised if they trade him. But without John Morant, their defense is not as good. Um, and as I said 20 minutes ago, the reason that they're as good as they are right now is because John Morant's shooting the three ball better. So with him out of the lineup, you know, they're 
You know, they're not it's not as though they're they're playing elite basketball. I just think they're getting contributions from more people. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really what it comes down to. And that's what happens when your your star players are out. Um, you know, I, I think I look at the Heat and I look at Bam Adebayo being out. Good luck. That sucks. I mean, that's a huge loss for them. I mean, Dwayne Dedman's your starting center now. Yeah. That's a huge loss for you, who, by the way, was another guy that went at Rudy Gobert. Yep. So I, I don't think it, this is not a Ja Morant problem. You know, I, I, I just don't. Yeah. I think Ja's a, a star. He's a stud. Yeah. Um. All right. Can we talk about sports radio real quick again? Yes. I feel like we talk about this on a monthly basis now. We do, as we should. So I had the occasion. I'm not really in the car most of the day. I listen to radio in podcast or stream form most of the time. A lot of the times I stream like the score in Chicago. Um, I will occasionally listen to Cowherd, um, you know, but I on a, on a regular basis, I usually listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. Just depends on the day. But I'm driving my wife to the airport yesterday. Honey. Honey. Um, so, yeah. Hey baby. So my wife goes out of town on business. Um, and I'm driving back from the airport and it's like noon time around. Okay. So midday, it's in the 12 o'clock hour. Yeah. Okay. And I'm flipping around and I'm looking for BYU conversation. I'm looking for Utah conversation. The usuals looking for jazz conversation. Yeah. I get one station's talking RSL. The other station's not really talking sports at all. And so I flip back to the RSL station that's still talking RSL. <laughs> I flip back to to kslsports.com. I don't know why I'm not saying the zone. Uh, but I flip back to Hans and Scotty on the zone and they're they're talking about nothing in particular. And then they go into like an infomercial on, you know, erectile dysfunction and <laughs> right. Like, I, and I'm like, man, I'm in the car for 25 minutes here. And I at the end, I finally get Hans and Scotty talking about like Utah State. But that entire time, I got nothing on BYU, nothing on Utah, nothing on the Jazz. Yeah. And it's incredibly frustrating that then what I did is I flipped on Sirius XM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, and I kid you not, I get a Utah-Ohio State preview on there talking about the Rose Bowl and the Pac-12. Crazy. I'm getting more local radio from Mad Dog Sports Radio on, on Sirius XM than I am from the local stations. How is that possible? Yeah. How is that possible? I don't understand that. You know, like, I, I it, it makes me crazy. I flip on the score in Chicago, and I'm getting Matt Nagy's press conference. Mm-hmm. Exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. What you would expect. Yes. Um, now, I can only take so much of the score. It, it Frankly, there's... They make me crazy with some things, but you know, I, I want to turn something on and have it be exactly what I expect it to be. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in that. I've worked in radio a long time. I understand that that's something you have to do. And I have no idea what I'm going to get when I turn on the radio in this town. Well, I think, but in a way, I think you do know what you're going to get, right? You know, that you're, you're, you're like, okay, I'm going to turn the radio on and 
I'm just going to hope for the best. That's the problem. Pretty much. You know, you're, 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 as a listener, I feel like you're put in a position where you're like, yeah, I'm going to turn the radio on, but you know, like how, how long I know, like subconsciously you already know you're not going to listen for a long time. That's the problem. When you don't know what you're going to get, you already know, okay, yeah, I'm driving down Bangerter. Guess I'm going to listen to this for five minutes. Let, let me look at some construction while I'm listening to this. And then you're going to turn something else on when they inevitably go to break to talk about, you know, pills. So I, it, it, to me, I'm just like, dude, like, like, why is it so hard to just dumb this down if you're these guys to, all right, we're going to talk Utah in, in the Rose Bowl. We're going to talk about BYU and Kalani. And then we're going to talk about the Jazz. And if we get to RSL, neat. If not, who cares? Like, why is that so difficult? And the, the thing with Scotty and Hans talking about Utah State, I get it. Scotty's the voice, apparently, of Utah State football. Okay, I totally understand that. I guess Hans Olsen is going to call. He's going to be like the color guy for their bowl game in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Um, which, hey, that's cool. But aren't you here to do a job? It's lazy. You're doing what you're comfortable with, not what your listener wants or needs or expects. It's yeah, lazy. It's really frustrating. Yeah, and 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 that's why. I mean, we catch heat on the show for doing for doing like um you know a lot of BYU. We talk and, too much BYU. You know, like we get heat for that, and and I respect that. You know, if you're a Utah fan, you you want more Utah from us. I get it. But f but you know, if we if we wind the clocks back and look at how the season played out, we're talking about the biggest story in this town. And, and for most of the year, uh, for most of this season, that's been BYU, which is why we've been doing BYU stuff. But again, now we're going to piss off BYU fan by saying that Kyle Whittingham is the king of this town and that Kyle Whittingham, if he wins the Rose Bowl, is going to have one of the best seasons that this town's ever seen on a football field. So that's why I say at the end of the day, whether these guys, like if you're one of these radio shows uh, locally, just be on BYU or Utah. That's all you have to do. You can't make a mistake doing that. It's not rocket science. You can't. And if you're Hans Olsen, talk about BYU, man. And then, by the way, don't get me started on this whole concept of actually having an opinion when you have a conversation. That's my other thing with radio, not even just here in Salt Lake, like just generally speaking. My problem is, is yeah, I, I don't enjoy the radio here in Salt Lake. I really don't enjoy the radio in Phoenix where we lived before. And I don't know anybody in L.A. where we used to live before. So for me... I'm stuck on, you know, Rome or like I can't say that I listen to Joe Rogan consistently, but I have before, you know, so I wind up just listening to music or, or something else. That's the problem. There's nobody that's given me like a dynamic opinion. That's the issue. Yeah. And I don't mind the I don't mind Hans and Scotty when they're OK the problem is they go off and they do all this other stuff that I just don't think half the world cares about. Yeah. Like, I understand the advertiser, the erectile dysfunction thing, and they have, like, some stock market advertiser thing. Like, okay, I totally understand that. That's the business. That's the business. You I have get to it. get to give those guys time. Like on ESPN 700, you know, the Dish Pros, you know, Ryan from the Dish Pros does live reads on there. Like, I totally get that. I like those guys. You know, like, the Dish Pros are great. That's not my issue. My issue is that when you're when you're actually talking on the radio, you're not talking about anything that anybody cares about. And I just I don't understand. Like, let's have a serious conversation about what fans in Salt Lake City want to hear. 
And with all due respect to my friends in Logan in Utah State, you're fifth or sixth in this town. Right? You're not. I'd rather talk Utah State than RSL. I can tell you that. Yeah. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> but in order of relevance, I would say depending on who you are, it's either BYU or Utah, number one, depending on who you are. So for the sake of this conversation, let's just say it's Utah, just for uh, for example's sake. So Utah, BYU, the Jazz, Utah State, RSL. Right now what you should be talking about, BYU number one, Utah, Ohio State number two, the Jazz number three, BYU number four, Utah, Ohio State number five, and the Jazz number six. And then if you want to get into Utah State for three minutes. Three minutes is a long time on the radio. I hope people understand that. Go get it. But you can't do an entire hour, an entire hour before we went to Hawaii, an entire hour on Utah State on yeah. 1280 with hands and Scott. And the, and the thing that, the and, and maybe this is the perspective I have because we've been in the industry and, you know, we have experience in it. They're only talking Utah State because it's comfortable to them, which which I have a real problem with because the the art of radio is not what you're comfortable with. The art of radio is having a conversation about what your people are passionate about. That's my problem. Well, what you in my opinion, what I've always done is I talk about the things that the people who listen to our show want to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I do it with with knowledge, education, and I put some passion behind it. And you can't help but root for the teams that the people who listen to your show root for. Us coming on here and ripping Utah, BYU, the Jazz, the Suns. Like, I, it was shocking yesterday. And I guess I can look it up. Um, how many people from not Utah listen to this podcast? It was stunning. And I can't remember. I'm sorry to be delaying. I didn't plan to talk about this, but... Here are the cities yesterday. On the audio side. On the audio side of the podcast. Yeah. Fontana, California. To what do I owe this pleasure? South Jordan, Utah. Hey, thanks. Uh, Denver, Salt Lake City, Layton, Boardman. Don't know where Boardman is. San Francisco, Phoenix, Syracuse, and Scottsdale, Arizona. Those are the, the, the top 10 largest markets on our podcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we did, you know, our audio podcast did something like 10, 11,000 listens yesterday. And we're starting to do that on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, is like, number one, and, and we should read some comments on this, but number yeah. one, I think that, that you know, a good, whether it's podcast or radio, because frankly, the product is different. Podcast product is completely different than radio product. Yes. No matter who, no matter what anybody says. I, I just believe that firmly. But I think no matter what, you know, to, to keep people, you have to you have to have I just get so burned out on the monotonous talking circles conversation that you get on the radio so consistently nowadays. Like the like like when we were talking about this before the show, you were like, When did you become such a big Rome fan? And I'm like I'm like, Well, I haven't been a big Jim Rome fan for decades or anything, but in the last year, yeah, I have because what do I get from Rome? Well, it's not world beating radio, it's not anything you haven't heard before. But I know what I'm going to get, and that's what I can count on. I'm going to probably get two or three interviews a day, which I'm going to turn off because I don't enjoy listening to them. And then I'm going to come back for the segments where he's talking about his wife or or he's talking about, you know, Bill Belichick or he's talking about like he's been doing this thing as an example. 
He's been doing this thing on Urban Meyer lately where he's where he's talking about Buddy needed a night out in reference to Urban Meyer's wife. And they and they have a whole thing about it. I know I'm getting that. And that and my point just is is if you know what you're getting, you're gonna come back. You don't know what you're gonna get in this town and really in radio in general. And that's why people struggle to listen to it. James Knight says, I know a sports podcast who talks about uh, sports alongside relationship advice, not to mention ass vacuuming, and it's friggin' great. <laughs> we do talk about ass vacuuming. Some shit happened. You know. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, good point, Tanner. That 96 team was incredible. I got to believe that's BYU. Uh, fans want to hear about hot tub installations and the best French fries, Fat Jesus says. Hey. Uh, Greg Hawkins says one is Utah BYU, two is the Jazz, three is Utah State, four is high school sports, and five is RSL. You would put Utah State third. Maybe I'm misreading that. I guess. I guess. I mean, yeah. Jeremy Bolton says one Alex Caruso, of course. <laughs> two BYU Utah, three the Jazz, four go Hawks. Uh, five is at yeah, five is ass vacuums, and six is Utah State. My word. That's exactly right. <laughs> You know, um, I don't know. I think I think we try hard every day to deliver on expectations. And I wish that you could turn on the radio here and, and get what you need. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I wish. Mm -hmm. All right. Speaking of ass vacuums, honey, I did. By the way, the, the hot tub was delivered yesterday. OK, now you had some anxieties about whether this was going to fit on the massive concrete pad that was poured like six weeks ago now or whatever that was. So we had a deck and a concrete pad built to fit this hot tub and we haven't exactly had great contractor experiences of late so we nailed the fit of this hot tub thanks and when we say we i mean wayman brothers construction mm -hmm. built the deck in the concrete pad three large samoans came and delivered the hot tub yesterday did they three dudes carried that hot tub off the truck through my yard and put it on the concrete pad. Was it tough to get it through the gate? No, it fit perfect. More than enough. Not at all. Not difficult. Okay. And they put it on the concrete pad and it fit perfectly. <laughs> it was freaking amazing. Wayman Brothers Construction, God bless you. They know how to measure. Um, and they nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. Now, my electrician can't come back till like Friday or Saturday. Mm -hmm. So... I'm not going to have hot tub action for a, another week or so. But, yeah, man, it, it the, the hot tub is here. It's unbelievable. And it is a week early. They told us December 12th. It is a week early. So supply chain this. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great when things – like I've been waiting on this. You know, I got this new MacBook so we could do some – so we have more flexibility and we can put out more content and stuff because we don't have a lot of time. And finally, it's coming. I ordered it like four weeks ago, and they said it's going to be here the 16th, but then I looked at the FedEx email, it's going to be here Monday. So yeah. supply chain, I guess, is improving. I don't know. Uh, Giggity says, Jake is spot on. I came here. Uh, I come here every day for the consistent father-to-son dating advice. <laughs> I mean, that you know. You just know. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, three Samoans in a hot tub. Y'all feel me? Yeah, man. That's <laughs> what it was. Uh, Cam Harrison Beat us to our next topic. Yeah. Did you hear Jack in the Box is buying Del Taco for yes. $575 million? Okay. First thing on this is everyone's all pissed off. They think that Del Taco should be worth like a billion. And I'm telling you, there's no way in hell it's worth a billion dollars. No. no way. No way, no how, not even close. 
No way. It does not have the branding nationally to get that done. That's the first thing. The second thing is, who actually eats at Del Taco? I mean, are there people here in the comments that eat at Del Taco consistently? I don't. I, I don't. I haven't had Del Taco. And I think there's one down the yeah, street. Yeah, there's, there's one at the district next to Wendy's. Is there a Wendy's at the district? Yes. What are you? Are you serious? Yeah, there's a Wen, uh, there's a Wendy on fourth four thousand. It's on four thousand. Yeah, but it, oh, okay. And then the Del Taco is right behind it. Yeah, but that's not the district. The district's on the other side of Bangor. I call that whole thing district. That's okay. that's the district. Right, I'm being too specific. I didn't yeah, mean to that's be a that's a district. Yeah. I haven't been to a Del Taco in I don't know when. I don't eat much fast food. We try not to. I, <laughs> it's probably been a year since I've eaten at Taco Bell. Um, the last fast food I had was, what's the last fast food? McDonald's probably McDonald's breakfast <clears throat> on a Saturday. I feel like. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, we didn't eat fast food in Hawaii. No. Even though there was a Jack in the box right there in Maui. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, I'm curious. I can't though. think of the I'm, last time any. When's has anybody yeah. here eaten it at Del Taco? And if you have, is it is it good? I I had Del Taco once like ten years ago. Um, Jackson Graham says Del Taco is good. You're uh, ordering wrong if you don't like it. What do you order at Del Taco? Like, do you is it is it the breakfast game? Is it the tacos? Is it just right? Yeah, like, what I, do you get? I haven't been there. Tanner Plummer says I haven't had Del Taco in 15 years. That's see, that's what I mean. Like that. That's why I say like the, for all the people, not not. Uh, I don't mean people in the comments, but like I've just seen some stuff on Twitter about like how it should be valued at a billion. There's no way. The Nye guy says I only eat at Del Taco when I'm constipated. <laughs> some shit happened. Thank you, Nye guy. Uh, <laughs> Greg Hawkins says I eat at Del Taco uh, whenever I'm in the U.S. I always eat at one, the one in the district because I'm from Riverton. Ah, they okay. have the best double Del burger and better fast food Mexican than the competitors. Wow, really? We may have to go to Del Taco. We might have. We to might do have that. to just try that. Uh, Brandon Whiteside says Rome is worse. He never talks sports. Well, I don't disagree. I, okay, I don't know that you can say that Rome never talks sports. Okay, he does talk sports. The problem is. And what 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 burns people out, and I feel this sometimes. I'm again, I'm not saying that Rome is like the Jesus Christ of radio. Is he in the Radio Hall of Fame? Sure, but I'm but I'm saying on a consistent basis. Like the only reason I listen to him consistently is because I know, like, when you listen enough to his show, you start to realize that every, like the way he does it every single day is pretty laid out. He's going to tell you when the interviews are, so you can leave and you can come back. Or you can come and listen to the interviews and leave if you if that's what you prefer. Yeah. My point just is is he talks sports. The problem is is the interviews are just long. He does entire segment interviews instead of like five six minutes, and that's what I don't like. So that's why I say it's not everyone's cup of tea. He's not the best on the radio, but I know what I'm getting, and that's why I listen to him. Okay, Jackson Graham says go Hawks. Yeah. He also, he also says, get a burrito and put fries and hot sauce in it. Oh. French fries and burritos is highly underrated. Dude, Filiberto's in Phoenix. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Fat mm -mm. Jesus says, I eat at Del Taco when I only want um, the spend the change I can scrape up from under my seat. See, this is what I mean. I feel like There's, that's a lot of disrespect. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. like, I, wow. I like I don't know. I feel like Del Taco may get some unwarranted hate, but then I never eat there, so I don't know. And, you know, like we're getting mixed reviews in the comments. Oh, wow. Chris Karn makes a good point. I would rather eat from the ass vacuum than order Del Taco fries. Wow. 
Okay. Wow. Okay. That seems. <laughs> wow. That seems aggressive. Um, also, their fries and churros are really good. I can say I remember when I first moved to California, like in 1997. I ate at Del Taco and I had French fries and they were good. Okay. Now, on the obscure fast food scale, White Castle or Del Taco? Oh, White Castle. But White Castle gives you like like fire butt. Like it's not good. Fire butt. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that butthole is in bad shape. <laughs> Dude, you eat it, White Castle. Butthole. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying like these, can't, they're opening up like a thousand canes in yeah. Utah. I'm telling you, your butthole is not going to be happy about that. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Uh, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Del Taco fries or In-N-Out fries? Uh, In-N-Out fries suck. Yeah, I'm going to take Del Taco fries, having not had them in a decade, just because I know how bad In-N-Out fries are. Uh, the night guy says In-N-Out fries are the worst. Yeah. Yes. Alex says the biggest risk of Kalani leaving is Oregon will pay his guys much better. True. Yes. Jackson Graham says Checkers greater than White Castle. Yes. Checkers. Checkers my God. is great. Uh, the night guy says bubble gut and hot snakers. Uh, and hot snakes. I don't know what that means. Thanks. Um, Greg Hawkins says, I cannot listen to this Del Taco Del Taco blasphemy chat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jeremy Bolton says, you done messed up if you eat it in and out fries. Y'all want to play. <laughs> <laughs> you done messed up now, Balake. <laughs> I love that so much. Where is A.A. Ron right now? Right. Probably dealing with his COVID, too. Mm -hmm. And before we get out of here, we do need to talk about gift giving for your wife. Honey. Honey. Go Hawks. Um, how much are you spending? Well, I can't ask. You can't ask me. I'm single, dude. In the comments section, <laughs> what are you buying? How much are you spending on your wife for Christmas? I think this is an important question. I really don't care if you think it's us. So my wife and I have an agreement not to buy gifts for each other. But you violate that agreement every single year. I do. Yeah. Um, But I won't this year. I got her stocking stuffers, mm -hmm. and I spent under $100 doing it. Okay, so budget-friendly. Nice job. Good work. I think it's it, – yeah. That is, I mean, seriously, I'm not even kidding. That's pretty budget-friendly. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, you should be. You will see if that we need, out. but 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 we need some stocking stuffer ideas. Like, what, what else – I mean, you know, in the comments, what are some good stocking <laughs> stuffers that you, you know, have come up with? Giggity says, I put Rome on the other day, and he took a call from some guy that was talking like a dog. Hard pass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, my God. I know who you're talking about. It's, uh, I think that's funny, dude. That's funny. You, see, with Rome, you can't take it so seriously. It is a, the, the shtick on that show is, is real, you know? Yeah. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, I'm probably spending close to 100 bucks on my wife. Tanner, are you married? See? Tanner Plummer, you're married. Wait, Eagles fans get married? No, I thought he was like 12. Um, you thought Tanner Plummer was 12? I have no idea how old he is. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Brandon Whiteside says, Rome is lame sauce for sure. Lame sauce. Greg Hawkins says, I spend very little on gifts, but like to take my girlfriend out for a nice meal at high-end steakhouses. Yes. $400 plus dollar steak dinner. It's, it's what she likes, and I love a good steak. Have yeah. you been to Mastro's Ocean Club? Yeah, well, do they have a Mastro's in the Philippines? No, I'm just saying, he's, dude, he's in Utah. He could go to Vegas. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, my wife just bought all new appliances in the kitchen, fridge, stove, dishwasher, and microwave. That was her Christmas, so I get a pass this year. I like I'm it. I'm for real. I like it. Uh, Chris Karn says, $1,500-ish. 
Damn. Well, I mean, we just spent like 10 G's in Maui. So, but what does $1,500 get you in stocking stuffers these days? Like what, you know, well, I would hope it's more than a stocking. Yeah. Stuff. But Chris Karn listens to the show while he's laying next to his wife. He said that multiple times. Yeah. So I, don't, Chris, I don't want him to blow his cover. Got, yeah. yeah. I don't want to blow his cover. Tanner says, yes, I'm married and I'm 25. I turned 25 <laughs> on November 22nd. <laughs> hey, that, that, that's, that's our bad, man. That's our bad. 12, 25. Season. You know, it I'll is what it, it is. Sorry, folks. That's what it is. Yeah, usually I spend probably two grand a year on my wife at Christmas. Mm-hmm. But you spend a lot on her throughout the year. You guys spend a lot on Yeah, I her. spoil her all the time. Yeah. She deserves it. Yeah. I, she, my wife's a great wife. I'm not so. complaining. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. Um, Greg Hawkins says, that's the most Utah thing I've ever heard. I got Luca's mom something real nice that I got. <laughs> 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 I think fifteen hundred bucks is a good number. It's a good budget if you're able. Yeah, that's a good budget. Yeah, that's a very good budget. Um, you know, like my wife is buying me Chicago Cubs spring training season tickets. Oh, really? Yeah. So I that's think. how it is. You already know what you're getting. Um, Giggity says spend a little over two hundred bucks on the wifey with different things. Okay, it's all good. I know you guys hate me because I'm an Eagles fan. Well, yeah, let's go with that. We hate Tanner Plummer. <laughs> um, <laughs> why would we hate you, Tanner? Tanner's just the guy that always is like, okay, here's a quick question. Um, who's the best left tackle to ever play on the practice squad in the NFL? Like, that's Tanner Plummer. Like, he comes up with, okay, listen, if you guys could have any offensive coordinator from the 40s um, on your team now, who would it be? This is Coach Saban. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. The other thing is, like, Tanner will come in with a question like, um, hey, um, you know, look, the Eagles have the Philly special. What's the greatest name for a play in the history of football? Not a good question. <laughs> Not a good question, Tanner. <laughs> Not a good question. Tanner, we love you, bro. No. We're just, oh, we're just... Mrs. Monty is in the Oh, boy. Here we go. Mrs. Monty, good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning, Mrs. Monty. Uh, I bought your Christmas gift. It's all done. Is that all she said? Good morning. She said good morning. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. Uh, I just wanted know. to say I wasn't sure if she made a comment about stocking stuffers or whatever. No, she hasn't. But it is what it is. Uh, Brandon Whitehead says Rome is like a wannabe Howard Stern. In a sense. No, Jim Rome is as accomplished as any broadcaster in the history of sports radio. I mean, you don't have to like Jim, but he is a groundbreaker for sure. Um Jackson Graham says Vic seven TDs on Monday on Monday night best Eagle game ever. Jeremy Bolton says honey. Mm -hmm. Giggity says what's Jake getting his wife for Xmas? He's not married. Not a good question. He doesn't have a girlfriend. Yep. Ever. Yep. Um, Tanner says no, that's not me. I don't ask questions like that. I've only asked one question about the Eagles, and it was relevant about Jalen. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Um. Hey guys. Uh. Just a quick question. Um. Uh, how does a penis work? Yeah, I've been in the ass. <laughs> Don't, dude. I'm kidding, Tanner. I'm totally kidding. But you are the guy that asks questions. Hey, um, hey guys, who do you think the Jazz are targeting at the trade deadline in February? Even though it's like May. <laughs> like, it's fine, dude. It is fine. It's fine. It is fine. We don't have all the answers. You know, um, Brit, Mrs. Monty says just tuned in, got my Peloton ride in. Oh, okay. Honey. Okay. Good job, honey. Okay. Uh, Church's chicken better than raising canes. Agreed. 
Does Agreed. anybody call it raising canes? Yeah, that's what it's called. Raising. It actually they just call it canes. You're right. They just call it canes. Um, Tanner says, "LOL, screw you, Monty." <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, guys, um, uh, no, I'm Peter Parker or um, uh, I don't know anybody from The Wizard of whatever that show. Where is A.A. Ron right movie? now? What's that movie you like with the caves and the pearls and coins or whatever? Seven, The Ring or whatever. What? I don't know. The show with the wizards and shit where they go to school. And, Harry Potter? Yeah, that's Jesus it. Christ. You know, just some just some movie series, you know. Just some movie series. Are you out of your goddamn mind? I mean, just some, just some little, you know, obscure one-off movie series. Uh, hey guys, uh, just a quick question. Um, like, who's the best character, Peter Parker or Harry Potter? Butthole. <laughs> oh. You know. He says, what, uh, <laughs> Tanner says, what am I not allowed to ask questions? You are. You are. That's fine. You just ask interesting questions. That's all. You know, pocket protector or pen in the back pocket. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's not disrespectful to Harry Potter. Yes, it is, no, dude. Not. Harry Potter is one of the best movie series of oh, all time, bro. It. You've never even seen one of them. And then this fish swims down the great Okay, Western we're not talking about highway. Nemo, bro. And it's the, the East you know, Australian current. You know, and he gets on the turnpike Jag and he winds up in Kentucky. Um <laughs> Harry Potter is so 2004, Jackson. It is. It is. But that doesn't change the fact it's one of the best movie series of all time. (laughs) Doesn't change that. Jeremy Bolton. Guys, guys, guys. Quick question. Um, What was Alex Caruso's assist at in eighth grade, and was he better than uh, Trevor Hansen at Spanish Fork Junior High? Y'all want to (laughs) play. Oh, man. I don't know. Why do you guys hate your listeners so much? LOL. We don't, Steve. We don't. Steve. We have fun with it. Please. We do. By the way, that was Barry. What? Barry, the New York Giant fan. Barry from Phoenix. Yeah. Is Barry the Brigham. He's Barry Brigham. Really? Yes, he's back. Okay. He's back. What? Was he complaining or did he DM or? No, DM yesterday. I can't remember what he DM'd about. Oh, the DM you showed me. I see. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Giggity says, what is Jake getting the teacher? Bro, I'm not dating Giggity. Come on, dude. I'm not you, dating a teacher, bro. All you do is date teachers. Yeah, next question. Bro. And Mrs. Monty's watching her. I would tell you what she got, but Yeah, no. I, I haven't gotten her anything. You know yet. what I got, Mrs. Monty. Was it a good gift? Yes, it was a good gift. I think it was a very good gift. It yes. was actually well thought out. I thought it was well done. Yes. What did Mrs. Monty get you? Socks. She got me socks. Uh rather my eyeballs stabbed with a fork than watch Harry Potter movies. Yeah, I think okay, Harry, Harry Potter sucks. Okay, listen, listen. Let's just be honest okay, with you. Okay, this it. is the same concept as the Jim Rome show. You don't have to like it, but it's one of the best movie series of all time, dude. It is. No, it what's is. the vampire movie where everybody's hot and they all have sex with each other? Um the, the I'm not giving you the answer just based on that damn description. Oh my god. The, you know what I'm talking Twilight. about. Twilight. Twilight. I yeah. never have watched any of those <laughs> Twilight. movies. Twilight. Sucks. Well, all the vampires are, uh, they're having sex and uh, they're in the forest and stuff. Yeah. It's a good movie. You know. Um, and that, what are what are some other terrible Lord of series? the Rings. Lord, oh, Lord of the Rings blows. Good Lord. Fast and the Furious. Now that's a series I can get behind. Jake? Um. Nothing. <laughs> we should probably go. God. 
We should probably go screw Twilight. Exactly, Tanner. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. They do this. They, they screw they, in, in Twilight. And stuff, you know, and, you know. Copulation. And um. Um, you know, back to, the, back to the future. Exactly right. Greatest ever. On BYU TV. Um, <laughs> I actually God. said that to my wife the other day. We flipped on, um, I don't remember where it was. <laughs> we were flipping around looking for something to watch. And the devotionals, they were doing Christmas devotionals on BYU, I think, TV or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And my, wife's, my wife was like, oh, great. And I'm like, yeah, it's BYU TV. <laughs> no. Uh, I am on Harry Potter 6 with my kids. They love it. Yeah, dude. There you go. That's what I'm saying. It's great for kids. It is. You know, it is It is what it is. Um, it's becoming very clear why Jake's still a virgin, LOL. I'm Jeez. not <laughs> still a virgin. Jesus, man. Hey, I'm... Um, Damn. Hey, Jake, uh, what are we going to do for our date tonight? Well, listen, I was thinking we to could... what do I we, owe this pleasure? Yeah, we could get in the Subi, and I'll drive over to your place, and we'll we'll pop in a Harry Potter DVD, and I'll tell you all about the movie. And the I'm going to do that. The rings and the rock and stuff and the fish that swims down the turnpike. I have no idea what that was. I'll tell you all about the little details of the movie. It is the East Australian and, current. And then we can make, um, for dinner, I'm going to I'm gonna make you uh, like gourmet cereal. It'll be great. Is that right, Jake? <laughs> Do you guys see what I deal with? Alex T says he's a virgin. Wow. No, yes. I'm not. Yes, he is. Um. No, I'm not. <laughs> No, I'm not. See, you tell people these lies, and it's just, you know. Ah. I'm not. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, don't laugh too hard, Monty. BYU TV is one of the reasons why BYU is going to the Big 12. True. Jeremy Bolton says, Jake, quick question. What's the best ingredient that has been placed in a chicken burrito? French fries. French fries, dude. Ah. French fries. Hey, uh, hey Jake, um. Let's go out to dinner. What are you feeling like? A chicken burrito. Where are we at in society today? Three weeks later. Hey, Jake, take me to dinner. Where do you want to go? Filiberto's. What's up, motherfuckers? You are what you are. Chipotle or Cafe Rio? Come on. Say it. Chipotle. No! Cafe Rio. Uh, if it wasn't for teachers, Jake would still be a virgin, Giggity says. Okay, that may be true. <laughs> that may be true. And you... I wouldn't have gotten COVID and things would be fine. But it's it's fine, dude. It's fine. <laughs> okay, you can't say that. Yeah, there you go. Jeff Jeff basically said, what's up with Jake effing teachers and how can he be a virgin? You have I'm had not kind a of virgin, a... okay? Please. We're I'm way not. late, by the way. Who cares? Um, I'm not a virgin. Okay, well, outside of t- – okay, so you've – how do I say this nicely? All you do is bang teachers that are so you crazy. Check yourself. Or you find yourself attracted to women who like Stop. other women. Stop. Right? Am I wrong? I've had some bad luck. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. I've had some bad luck. I mean, you know what? Like I have. <sighs> How many women have you been I, like? Oh, you're you're. <sighs> let's let's smash. And she's like, Oh, sorry, dude. No, no. It's happened twice. <laughs> It's happened twice. Like, I, what do you want me to say? It's not like I have a laundry list. It's happened twice. And how many teachers have there been? Um, two. Seven. I, th- I think it's been two. Alex T says, so he is a virgin. It's true then. No, it's not. It's not. Well, I mean, if you can't love yourself, who can you love? 
Bro, it's not true. <laughs> He's like, not a virgin. I'm, you're getting mad now. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, I, what am I, like, what do, what do you want me to say? Like, I'm not. It's James Knight it says, I have a feeling the cherry will be popped soon enough, Jake. Congrats. Thanks, bud. Thanks. It, it'll happen eventually. I know. I you know. know. It'll happen eventually. I understand. Yeah, mm -hmm. I get it. Do you remember your first time ever? Uh, yeah, sure, but we're not discussing that. Mine was on a kitchen floor, and it was incredibly awkward. <laughs> I remember it. Okay. I remember it. In your mom's house or what? Yes, kitchen floor. Interesting choice. My mom's choice. house. Well, they were, you know, lived in a ranch. Had to do it somewhere. More than a lot to take girls in my bedroom. <laughs> kitchen floor. Okay. There you go. Okay. See, I don't have any, you know. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. It's, it's fine. I, Is Jake's girlfriend watching these shows yet? He doesn't have a girlfriend. Yet. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you gave her a diamond and emerald tennis bracelet, but you guys It wasn't a diamond and emerald tennis bracelet. Um, is this real? Is Jake really a virgin? No, no he's not. Jesus, no. Boogie not. Nights is the greatest movie ever. That could be. Greatest movie ever, and then you're going to play the music. The Dark Knight. No, it's The Accountant. Okay. All right. No, I'm kidding. We watched The Accountant the other day. <laughs> Great movie. Ed, Ed, Ed. Have you seen The Accountant? If you haven't, you're missing out. All right, Monty, you lived on a ranch? I did. I did. Not ever. There's a, a one-story house that's called a ranch. Tanner. Hey, uh, Monty, uh, you lived in a ranch? Were you a cowboy? Anyway. I don't even. I don't even know what to say. I don't either. All right, with Barry White on the on in the background, Monty. No, actually, there was. No, I'm not getting into it. I can't. I'm not getting into it. Make sure you follow us on social, The Monty Show, M O N T Y, The Monty Show, S L C Supercars. Until tomorrow, say peace out, virgins. I'm not a virgin. Get out of here.